This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to Eternal the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And I am joined by the beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, who apparently holds the Jet Beat world record for cannolis eaten in one post-practice presser. Say that three times fast. And that, of course, is Matt Stoplikowski. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Scott, how are you today? And uh, yes, I can confirm I was the only one crazy enough to eat a half a dozen of those things. Chris Nimbley was on, talked about this. He said that usually they put out these desserts and there's one writer who goes and eats a bunch of it and everybody else tries to stay away from the temptation. said, you were the one that got caught in the web this time. I would assume that there are other writers who have been caught in similar webs, although I don't know that it led to six cannolis. Yeah, I'm generally the worst offender of the bunch, too. Last training camp uh, on my birthday in August, I I think I, like, approached double-digit cookies, which was definitely my uh, rock bottom. Uh, I generally have a tough time staying away from the sweets. If uh, if there's anything the Jets do well, it's, it's soup and sweets in the media f- uh, facility there in Florham Park. So they get me every time with the, all the desserts. Sounds like they have a good spread out there for you guys. Maybe they need to up their game with the players because I don't know if those cupcakes did the trick for Dante Hightower last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I don't know what they're serving in the cafeteria. They make sure that we stay uh, plenty far away from there. But, uh, yeah, maybe they got to update the spread a little bit. Maybe that's why Josh McCown decided to call it quits as he decides to end his long career in the NFL 17-year career for Josh McCown comes to an end. He had decided he was going to step away from the Jets for a while because he wanted time to think about things, and I guess he took the time and decided that he's played long enough. So, Matt, talk to me a little bit about what's going on with this, and then we'll talk about the ramifications, which could include Josh McCown getting into coaching at some point. So uh, we might have to pump the brakes a little bit on the coaching front just because uh, you know, shortly after Josh announced his retirement, ESPN, announced that he's going to be a studio analyst for them. Uh, Josh kind of alluded to that in his Players' Tribune piece. So it looks like for now, at least, that's his side gig, though. I mean, who knows what the future holds. I wouldn't be surprised if he got into coaching down the line. Uh, But, yeah, for the Jets, not a big surprise that Josh decided to step away. And uh, for those of us that spoke to him throughout the course of last season, really not surprising at all. He, uh, you know, sounded very much like a guy who kind of missed being around his kids and would like to be able to spend more time at home, especially as uh, I know he has some high school aged uh, sons and everything. So uh, he was always updating us on his son's football games and everything like that. So I think for him, the pull of family after 17 years uh, just kind of became too much to, you know, to pass up at this point. Uh, It's worth more to him to, you know, be there for those moments and those stories and those memories as opposed to playing, you know, an 18th season in the NFL and probably being a backup again in 2019. So uh, not a huge surprise for Josh that he stepped away, but uh, I'm sure he'll be missed in the Jets locker room. He was a, a great guy. I know he uh, always was friendly with us reporters, and, uh, and it, it really did seem like players on the team loved him. Obviously, Sam Darnold. Uh, was kind of his mentee, and uh, so I'm sure Sam will miss having him around as well, but uh, not exactly an unforeseen thing going into this offseason. So as far as coaching, I'm not saying it's going to happen right now, but I would imagine that he's going to take some time and think about the potential for being something like a quarterback coach because obviously, as we've talked about, Matt, I've talked about this with your partner, Daryl Slater, as well. He was a great mentor for Sam Darnold, 
And a lot of people have pegged him as a future quarterback coach. So if he does decide he wants to do that, I'm sure there will be no shortage of offers. Yeah, I'm sure Josh would uh, be able to land a gig in coaching if he wanted one. And uh, I could see him being a good one. I mean, he was always really good about uh, communicating, uh, you know, the game and uh, seems to, you know, obviously if you're a quarterback, you understand the game on a pretty cerebral level right off the bat. Um, but the, the big thing, obviously, with coaching is just being able to break it down and, uh, you know, talk it through and kind of get your message across. And Sam always seemed good at that. So uh, if he wanted to get in coaching uh, someday down the line, I have no doubt that he would probably be able to land one. Uh, you know, just a few years ago, he got offered a, a coaching job while he decided to continue his career. So uh, if he was going to get offers then, I'm sure he would probably pull one in uh, a few years down the line as well. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next order of business, Matt, is a guy who just got here as opposed to a guy who's going to be retiring, and that is Joe Douglas, the new general manager of the New York Jets. Joe Douglas was introduced at a presser last week to become the new general manager, a presser that you covered with Daryl Slater for NJ.com, and he did an interview this week where he really tried to expand upon some of the things that people might have heard about him, give a clearer picture of what he's going to be looking to do with the Jets and what he's done in the past. You wrote a little bit about that at NJ.com. What did Joe Douglas have to say? Yeah, he uh, sat down with Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer and kind of, uh, you know, expounded on some of those comments. And uh, some of it was kind of rehashing what he told us at the press conference last week. But uh, a few of the kind of highlights that stood out, uh, he's been very impressed by Robbie Anderson watching film, uh, which obviously for Jets fans and those of us who have watched the Jets closely the last few years, no surprise there that uh, someone would fall in love with Robbie's speed and kind of vertical ability, ability to take the top off a of defense. Uh, but that has stood out, stood out for Douglas, as has kind of the rest of uh, Sam Darnold's supporting cast. Obviously, he knows Le'Veon Bell well from, uh, you know, just being in the league for a while, but also from spending time with the Ravens while Bell was with the Steelers. Uh, he also knows Jamison Crowder pretty well from spending the last few years with the Eagles while Crowder was in Washington. Uh, so really just the supporting cast uh, around Darnold as far as the skill players go. Douglas uh, kind of was saying that he was intrigued by that group and uh, pretty impressed by that group. 
on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, basically he equated the Jets to a, a well-built baseball team, a, a team that's strong up the middle, which, you know, really does make sense when you think about uh, C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson there at the inside linebackers. You have Leonard Williams and Quinn and Williams kind of uh, in the defensive tackle spots there. Uh, and then you've got Jamal Adams and Marcus May at the safety spots. So, you know, uh, the, the core of the Jets' defense, the spine, if you will, is uh, strong, and Douglas kind of acknowledged that and also said that he likes the backups at those spots with Steve McClendon, uh, a former Steeler who he knows, again, from his time in Baltimore, uh, as well as Nathan Shepard, a guy that he really liked during the draft process a year ago. So uh, he's liking that part of the defense, but kind of, you know, obviously the unspoken part of that is, uh, you know, he, he raved about those guys, but didn't so much mention the guys on the perimeter. So that area could use some work. Uh, and one of the other things that, uh, I mean, not Jets related, but I did think it was interesting, uh, Douglas was really high on this year's Eagles team and said that that was kind of part of the reason it was tough for him to walk away from Philadelphia. But uh, he compared this team to the 17 team that won the Super Bowl and said that this upcoming team has even more depth and uh, he, he might even be more impressed by this roster than that one. So, uh, you know, if you're a Philadelphia Z- the Philadelphia Eagles fan, uh, certainly something that perks your ears up and makes you pretty happy, even as uh, an important guy walks out the door. And I guess the days of rebuilding are over because we've been hearing about this forever with Mike McCagnin. Oh, it's part two of the rebuild. It's year five of the rebuild. Doesn't sound like Joe Douglas believes this is a team that needs a rebuild. Yeah, Mike was always uh, you know, very much in his conversations with us when he did Q&As and press conferences. It was always about the the long-term plan and never too much focus on the here and now, but uh, Douglas, you know, in his press, uh, press conference last week, you know, pressed that there's a sense of urgency now that they have Sam Darnold, a good quarterback to build around. And he kind of doubled down a little bit uh, in this latest interview saying that, you know, this isn't a rebuild job. He's seen rebuild jobs before he had one when he got to the bears in 2015, he knows what a tear down and rebuild situation looks like. But he sees the Jets as more of the Eagles in 2016 when he arrived, where, you know, there were good pieces and a good core in place. And, uh, sure, there needs to be some work done to, to augment and complement the roster. But, uh, he thinks the, the bones and the skeleton are there. And obviously, if you're a Jets fan that's been watching this team struggle the last three seasons and, you know, not be able to put together a winning year, you know, at least hearing that there's some hope on this current roster has to, uh, make you somewhat excited about this coming season and years to come. And he had some positive things to say about Jets' ownership too, right? Yeah, well, uh, he was uh, a little coy about it last week and said that, you know, if he if he had reservations about Christopher and Woody Johnson, he wouldn't be standing where he was. And he kind of, he, he didn't want to go too far in uh, that rabbit hole with Breer, Breer in the interview and, you know, kind of brushed it off a little bit, but uh, basically echoed that sentiment saying that, you know, uh, he's comfortable with Christopher Johnson, he's comfortable with Woody Johnson and, you know, it doesn't sound like he's worried at all that Woody, uh, if and when he returns from the United Kingdom from his ambassador role, that things are going to kind of turn on a dime and change on him. So, uh, Douglas at least got the assurances or was comfortable enough with Christopher, uh, that he is not too concerned about it. And obviously that's why he's standing where he is right now.
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. One of the major jobs that Joe Douglas is going to have now that he's here as a general manager is deciding which of the current Jets he should extend right now, which ones he should look to extend in the offseason. And there are quite a few of them. And you wrote a piece about this over at NJ.com about what Joe Douglas should look at, maybe some of the things that he should consider doing in terms of player contracts and extensions. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of always the Eagles' MO, and it, it got touched on in that uh, MMQB piece a little bit as well, where uh, the Eagles were really good at kind of identifying their core pieces, their whole homegrown guys, and, uh, you know, rewarding them when they perform and when they, you know, uh, live up to standards and, uh, you know, taking care of their own. And so if Douglas is going to bring that same philosophy to the Jets, which – uh, to this point, you know, who knows how he'll do the job, uh, how he'll go about it. You never really know until a guy is actually in the role. But the assumption for now at least has to be that he's going to take a lot of what he did with the Eagles and apply it here to the Jets. So uh, assuming he does that, that could mean extending some guys, uh, some jet, Jets draft picks and kind of locking them up for the near future. So I figured it was worth taking a look and seeing which guys – uh, are kind of coming to the end of their deals and which ones might be worth extending. So, uh, you know, among the ones that, in my opinion, at least I thought could be worth extending, uh, Leonard Williams, obviously, on the last year of his deal, he's playing on the fifth-year option this year. Uh, I, I certainly – I've heard from some folks that they disagree and, uh, you know, they've given me their reasons why, where they don't think Leonard is worth, uh, you know, 18 or $20 million a year or, you know, maybe he hasn't quite uh, played up to his potential. But – uh, I think, you know, if the number is right, you can make a case, especially if you believe, if Douglas believes, that Leonard Williams coupled with Greg Williams and Quinn Williams will kind of burst out of his shell this year. Uh, if he thinks that that could be a long-term solution for the Jets there, uh, you could certainly make a case for, you know, getting a deal done now, trying to lock things up, uh, and hopefully locking Leonard up to a cheaper deal now than you would be able to do at the end of 2019, assuming he does put together a good year. Uh Obviously, Robbie Anderson, who we mentioned yes uh, earlier, has impressed Douglas. Uh, maybe that could be some kind of leverage for him as his deal. You know, he he got tendered this year as a RFA. He'll be a UFA at the year's end. So, uh, you know, if Douglas has been that impressed, maybe he heads his way with some money. Uh, but really, those are the two for the Jets. Uh, you know, other guys, other starters that are heading to UFA status. Brandon Shell, Jordan Jenkins, Brandon Copeland, uh, and Kelvin Beecham, you know, those are really the starters that are heading for un- unrestricted free agency. And uh, in my opinion, at least, none of those guys bear extending here and now, at least. I mean, who knows what happens at the end of the season if guys put together great years and, you know, it, it turns into being worth bringing them back. But uh, as of right now, where things stand, if, if Douglas is going to look to start locking some guys up ahead of the 2019 season or early in the year, I would think Leonard Williams and Robbie Anderson are kind of the leading contenders for that. 
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Leonard Williams and Robbie Anderson will be two of the key pieces on this team in 2019. We will see if they end up being key pieces beyond that. I agree with you. I think that if they're going to look to extend anybody on this roster that is an impending free agent, those two guys would be right at the top of the list. And they are going to be on the 53-man along with the other guys that you mentioned, Kelvin Beecham, Jordan Jenkins, and several others. But there are others who are long shots that are going to come in with a chance to make the team, but good chance they won't stick. You wrote about this at NJ.com. First, I want to talk about the guys that you think are real bubble players and long shots, and then I want to talk about the 53-man roster projection after that. But talk to me a little bit about some of the guys that you think are going to be bubble players and long shots that are coming in here as we get ready for training camp at the end of July. Sure. Um, I mean, the, the long shots are no real surprise. For the most part, that group of guys is, you know, the unrestricted, or excuse me, the undrafted free agents, uh, the guys that, you know, were futures contract kind of guys. The, those guys obviously always have the longest odds to make a roster. So that's basically where that group comes from. Uh, beyond that, some bubble guys, maybe some notable names that people will, uh, you know, recognize and be curious about. Uh, Jeremy Clark, I had him on that list, cornerback Jeremy Clark. Uh, Jamie Mosley, C.J. Mosley's brother, uh, an undrafted guy, but uh, we did notice him taking at least a, a handful of snaps with the second team at one point during uh, spring practices. So kind of crept him up from the long shots category to on the bubble, but still obviously uh, some work to do for him. Uh, Davis Webb, uh, Deontay Burnett, Eric Tomlinson, uh, some guys that are on the bubble there. Webb uh, obviously locked in a battle for the number three quarterback spot with Luke Falk uh, right now. I mean, and again, this is obviously very early. We've got training camps to go, so plenty of practice time for these guys to kind of flip all of this on their head if they perform or don't. Um, but Webb, you know, I would put him kind of a half step behind Luke Falk for the number three job simply because, you know, Falk knows the playbook. He's played with Gase before. There's some familiarity there. So, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a head start, but that doesn't mean Webb can't catch up, obviously. Uh Trenton Cannon, uh, at this point, he is buried in the depth chart as far as running back goes with uh, Bell and Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell and Eli McGuire in front of him. So he has to find a way to make himself valuable on special teams. And uh, at this point, returner seems like a long shot. Uh, you know, he is kind of on the fringes of the punt return competition. He doesn't always get reps when the Jets go into special teams. Uh, maybe he could pull off some kick return duties, but really it's going to be about kick coverage for him and, you know, maintaining what he did last year as a great coverage guy if he's going to make uh, a roster spot here. Uh, and Greg Dortch, uh, another undrafted guy that I kind of had on, on, on the bubble section instead of the long shots, simply because, uh, you know, he looked pretty good catching the ball as a wide out, uh, but also he is involved in that return conversation that we just mentioned with Cannon. Uh, he's been taking reps as a punt returner. He's been taking rep, uh, reps as a kick returner. So uh, he has a chance to 
kind of used his quickness and speed to make an impact on this team. So, uh, you know, just a handful of names to watch out for, but you can obviously find the full list up on NJ.com there. Uh, it's the roster breakdown where we kind of analyze the 90-man for those that are curious. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Beyond the 90-man, it'll be the 53-man, and that is going to be the game day roster as we get ready for the season, which begins in September. So, Matt, obviously, as you said, it's very early. We haven't even had training camp yet, but you wrote a piece over at NJ.com projecting the 53-man roster position by position. What do you have on that? Yep, so, and uh, another thing, keep an eye on... uh I think in this coming week, I'm probably going to go another step here. I mean, obviously, we went from 90-man to 53-man, which we're about to talk about here. Uh, but I'm probably going to do some sort of too deep or a projected depth chart at some point this week. So kind of taking the next logical step there for those that are curious, uh, just to keep an eye out on that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was interesting looking at the 53-man and just kind of where things stack up right now. Uh, no surprises at quarterback with Darnold and Trevor Simeon. Uh, no real surprises at running back either. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is going to make the team. Ty Montgomery, uh, Bilal Powell, you have to assume, you know, at this point, the reason they signed him is because they like him better than some of their other depth options. So it would be very surprising if he didn't make the team. And, uh, then I did put Cannon on the, the list here over Eli McGuire, even though, you know, I just mentioned him as a bubble guy, uh, simply because I do think Brant Boyer, uh, really likes Cannon on special teams, even if he's not a return man. Uh, Boyer kind of raved about Cannon last week when we got a chance to talk to him and said that he was great in coverage, led the unit uh, in tackles as a rookie. So uh, I think he could carve out a niche there, though. You know, he has to prove to the Jets that he's valuable enough in that spot to bypass taking someone else. Uh, other than that, wideouts, we've got uh, seven guys there, just a quick rundown. Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, Jamison Crowder, those are the top three, no surprises. Uh, beyond that, uh, Peak, Deontay Burnett, Josh Bellamy, and Greg Dortch, uh, the return man that I was just talking about a few minutes ago, undrafted out of Wake Forest. Uh, kind of see him sneaking onto the team right now if he kind of continues in his current trajectory. Uh, tight end, uh, Eric Tomlinson got the ax here just because uh, – it seems like with Trayvon Wesco having brought been brought in in the fourth round, uh, you know, it, it could squeeze Tomlinson out. He could be a victim of the number of this game. If the Jets decide to keep four tight ends, by all means, then obviously Tomlinson would be there. But it just depends on where the Jets decide to allocate some of these tight end spots. Uh, you know, if they decide to only keep three tight ends, uh, it would – be an issue for Tomlinson, I think, just because uh, he obviously is kind of a niche blocking tight end. Wesco can do all of those things. That was what he did in college. Uh, but he has a little bit more upside in the passing game. So if you're the Jets and you're looking at those two guys uh, fighting for a roster spot, Wesco would seem to have the advantage there. Uh, offensive linemen, no real surprise. I and mean, you've got the starting five. Uh, beyond that, you've got Chuma Doga, the rookie, rookie draft pick. Uh, Tom Conk. Tom Compton, who was a, a free agent signing this year, Ben Braden, John Toss, Brent Qualley. Uh, so we had him keeping 10 offensive linemen just because uh, the depth, obviously the quality of depth is, is not there for the Jets, at least as of now. Uh, so if you're not going to have the quality, you might as well have the quantity. Uh, flipping over to the other side of the ball, D-line, Leonard Williams, Quinn Williams, and Henry Anderson, the starters up front. Uh, backed up by McClendon, Shepard, who, uh, you know, obviously Douglas, we talked about liking Shepard earlier. And Bronson Kafusi actually is an interesting name. 
kind of a bubble guy right now, but Leonard Williams mentioned during uh, spring practices, which I, I thought was really interesting, he, he mentioned that Greg Williams does a, a point system during his practices where he gives guys points for tackles, TFL, sacks, and, and each thing kind of has a, a different point value, turnovers, obviously, as well. Uh, and so, you know, Leonard Williams was saying that it really keeps the Jets players engaged and kind of competitive throughout practice. And one of the reporters, I, I can't recall who, asked, Leonard, you know, who's leading the team in points right now, and he said Kafusi. and, you know, when you watch these practices, obviously spring practices, you have to take with some grain of salt, but he was pretty disruptive in doing a nice job, so if he can keep that up through training camp, maybe he manages to fight out a spot there. Uh, linebackers, no big uh, stunners here, really. C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson, Jordan Jenkins and Brandon Copeland, the likely starting four across there. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, obviously he's going to make this team after being drafted in the third round. Frankie Louvu put together a nice uh, rookie season after going undrafted. Expect him to be in the mix. Blake Cashman just got drafted. He'll be around. And then Neville Hewitt is uh, you know, the guy that I see in the eighth spot there. Though Anthony Wint could also be uh, a name to watch at linebacker as well. And then uh, moving to corner, you got Trumaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts, Brian Poole, the big three there with uh, Perry Nickerson, the second slot guy, Derek Jones, and Jeremy Clark, uh, the likely guys to be the outside backups at this point. Uh, and safety, no stunner, Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Doug Middleton, Rontez Miles. Middleton and Miles took turns kind of uh, with May limited to just seven on seven reps during the spring. Uh, when they went 11 on 11, the Jets uh, were giving Middleton and Miles kind of uh, an equal split of reps. So those guys are kind of fighting for the number three safety job. But at this point, you know, both of them seem to be on the uh, the roster. So from there, it just is a matter of, you know, we obviously kind of took our pick of where the Jets should focus their numbers, you know, 10 offensive linemen or nine, five safeties or four. Obviously, all of that stuff is very up in the air. This is a preliminary projection, but uh, always fun to kind of take a look and see where things stand uh, at this point in the season with the understanding, of course, that training camp could still change all of this. Training camp could change things not only for the veterans, but for the rookies as well. And the last order of business I wanted to talk to you about, Matt, involves the rookies because you wrote a piece at NJ.com ranking the impact that you feel that the 2019 rookie class is going to have player by player. Some of these rankings are what you would expect. Some of them are a little off the beaten path. I was a little surprised by some of these. Why don't you go ahead and break it down for me? Sure. So, uh, number one off the top, no one's going to be surprised by this, Quinn and Williams. You're the number three pick in the drafts. Obviously, you're going to have a big impact, or at least you should. Uh, so, Williams gets the number one spot. Uh, but from there, you know, kind of when I was thinking about this, I was trying to think about who is most likely to – to get snaps, to make the roster, stuff like that, because obviously, you know, it requires getting playing time to make a noticeable impact. So uh, that's why I have Trayvon Wesco number two on this list. I just imagine his path into some offensive snaps being a little bit wider than Ja'Kai Polite's path into some defensive snaps. Uh, it could be close. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of Ja'Kai Polite yet. Uh, he has gotten some good reviews from some of the Jets' other defensive players. So maybe he has a great training camp and is able to, you know, really solidify himself as a, a big rotational player, uh, you know, on the edge there at outside linebacker. But for right now, the Jets are pretty thin at, at tight end. It's Chris Herndon and then a bunch of other guys. There's only four of them on the current roster. Uh, Wesco, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I could very easily see him kind of edging out Eric Tomlinson for that 
blocking tight end role just because of the fact that he also has the ability to catch balls, whereas Tomlinson is more of a one-dimensional player. So uh, if that comes to fruition and Tomlinson doesn't make the roster, roster and Lesko does, you know, obviously Lesko should see a decent amount of snaps from that point. So, you know, that's just why I have him two in front of Polite uh, right now. But again, that could change from there. Uh, I have Greg Dortch for, uh, and he, I guess, is the, kind of the off-the-beaten-path pick there. Um, just because, you know, we don't know who's going to win the return battle at this point, but I could very easily see him sneaking out a spot on this team. Uh, he is quick. He's shifty. He was actually a much more impressive receiver than I would have expected when we watched him in spring camp. He made one grab on uh, Thursday, the last day of OTAs last week, where he just went out and snared one going across the middle. It was an impressive catch, and then he took off with it afterward. He's a quick kid, and I could see him making an impact. I mean, he's small, and, uh, you know, the size hurt him. That's why he didn't get drafted, I would assume. I mean, I believe he's in the ballpark of 5'7". But, uh, you know, that doesn't matter too much on uh, returns. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he's able to sneak out a spot. And if he's a return man, Obviously, that would be a, a pretty big impact position, much more so than uh, some of the other guys on this list, Blake Cashman, Chuma Adoga, and Blesson Austin, all of whom are likely to be backups. I mean, Cashman, uh, you know, he's got a lot of work cut out for him if he's going to see any time at linebacker. You know, he's got C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson in front of him. Good luck to him getting defensive snaps. But he's a guy that should be in punt and kick coverage. Uh, Brant Boyer seems to like what he's seen out of him so far. Adoga, unlikely to unseat either Brandon Shell or Kelvin Beecham at the two tackle spots, but I could very well see him being kind of the third tackle on the depth chart, the swing tackle guy. Uh, so, you know, if there's an injury, certainly he could have a big impact on this team, but uh, if he winds up in that backup role, uh, a little bit less so. And then Austin, who I mentioned a moment ago, he's probably going to start the season on the pup list, uh, still working his way back from an ACL tear. Maybe he's able to make it back for the second half of the year. We'll have to see, but uh, one way or another, he will just be a depth piece on this team. So, uh, you know, the six draft picks plus Dorch, the undrafted guy that I have tossed in there, um, who knows, maybe another undrafted guy stuns us all during training camp. But uh, right now I think those are the, the most likely rookies to make an impact, and that's kind of how I think they all stack up. I'm not saying your list won't turn out to be accurate, Matt, but I can tell you this. If Trayvon Wesco ends up having more of an impact in 2019 than Ja'Kai Polite, there are going to be a lot of disappointed Jets fans. Yeah, I, I could imagine that being the case, and I would certainly understand that as well. But, uh, you know, I think for me it's just a matter of, you know, what, what do those two guys have standing in their way between them and playing time? And I think there's less standing in the way for Wesco than there is for Polite at this point. Uh, Jordan Jenkins seems likely to get a lot of snaps. Uh, Brandon Copeland is probably, you know, the second best, uh, outside linebacker on this roster at this point, at least until Polite can prove otherwise. Uh, and we don't even know just how much, you know, Greg Williams is going to really use two outside linebackers. We'll have to see. I mean, he's known for kind of deploying interesting personnel groupings and, uh, you know, he doesn't care a ton about, you know, strict positional play. So, He'll move guys around. He'll get his best talent on the field. So unless Polite is able to show that he has a skill set that Williams needs to put out there, which he could very well do. I mean, he's known as a, you know, a guy that can really bring it off the edge. And if he's able to, you know, 
really prove to Williams that he can get after the passer. Maybe he'll be a, you know, a great third down guy, good rotational guy, uh, to get in there and pass rush situations. That is absolutely within the realm, of, uh, the realm of possibility. I just think at this point, Wesco has, uh, you know, relatively little obstacles standing between him and some playing time, whereas Polite has a few more questions to answer. So, uh, maybe uh, two months from now when we're on the eve of the season, uh, you know, I'll do an updated version of this list and Polite could be, uh, you know, another notch higher. Uh, but for now, I do still think he has some work to do. He is the cannoli king of the New York Jets beat, Mr. Matt Stiplikowski of NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. For anybody that doesn't know what you've got coming down the pike at NJ.com, I know you talked about a little bit of it before. Tell us about what's happening over at NJ.com and what people should expect over the next couple of days from you and Daryl. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I mentioned, I'm going to try to get uh, kind of some depth chart stuff out there soon enough. Uh, and then... I believe I'm going to do, because the Jets are planning on doing their own version of the all-time team uh, this coming season, figure I'll get my own version out there uh, within the next probably week or so. Uh, and then just some other, you know, preview stuff, looking ahead to training camp, looking uh, posi- position by position. I know Daryl and I have talked about kind of doing some stuff where we break down each of the Jets position groups and kind of do a dive into each one of them with a post. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, I would expect that those get rolled out. So uh, keep an eye on that. And uh, in the meantime, I will uh, try to stay away from the cannolis. Thank God the Jets don't have any practices <laughs> until training camp. So no, no, I don't have to worry about the desserts. I don't keep them in my house for a reason. Go ahead and follow Matt on Twitter. Read the great work that he and Daryl Slater are putting up over at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.